Welcome to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. It's uh, finally the eve of Cheltenham week. We're here, man. You, you're geared up. The eve of the eve, Sean. The eve, the eve you don't want to get week. days wrong now. I've done this in the last 24 hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I think there comes a time, funnily enough, I've, 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 I wrote a column on, on, in the paper yesterday about it's, it's time for the gossip to stop and the horses to do the talking, isn't it? Because there's only so much you can say. Yeah. Having said that, I think there's at least another 55 minutes worth talking about. I think so. we can wring a few yeah. more talking points out of, we can ring of it. what's left and we will do exactly that. Here's a taste of what's coming up on Racing Debate uh, this morning. We are going to be joined live in a moment by John Dance, who is uh, one of the owners, of course, of Brave Man's Game. One of the great British hopes, of course, for the week ahead. John will join us very, very shortly. We'll be joined by one of the all-time greats of the game, Dermot Weld. He's got an interesting uh, card to play in the Albert Bartlett, of course, in the shape of Falkland 8. And they'll have some wise words, I'm sure, about the sport in general as well. We'll be joined by Dermot shortly as well. And Matt and I will be having a chat about who we want to be with, who we want to be against, and why bankers, blowouts, long shots. We'll find a few of those and, and get your views on, on those talking points as well. So all of that still to come. We hope we'll find a few of those, Sean. Well, we'll find them, whether, whether we'll be right or not. It's not about being right, though. It's about, it's about having an opinion. That's what it's all about. Uh, you know, you never get... If, no one's going to be right about the Cheltenham Festival all the time. But as long as you can make a case, believe what you say, talk honestly, a bit like John Dance, I think. You know, he, when he comes on, I'll be interested to see if he can even hear us, because if he's been DJing in the loft last night, he'd be absolutely stuffed here. Look, there he is. Look at him. He looks, he's come straight out of the club, hasn't he? He's had a quick sore off the top of the hair and he's, he's come straight out DJing. How are we doing, John? Yeah, I'm good. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Matt. It's like a palace there, isn't and it? No, those two sticks. No DJing that... last night. Look at that. What, 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 are, what are those stick things behind you? Uh, I think they're part of the fireplace grill. That's lovely. <laughs> I like. I like that. I like that. Oh, I'm glad we sorted out that, Matt. We, we've no, got no, some, but these, got are, the, these are the things that people want to hear. I was just saying, it's it, it's about the only place in the house I can um, put the camera where it's not cluttered with kids' toys. <laughs> okay, let's let's start with the big horse, John. Brave man's game. What's the latest? What are you being told by the camp? Are we all set? Yeah, ready to go. Um, I got a message early morning yesterday uh, from Paul. Um, they'd schooled him for the for the last time, and he was described as electric. Uh, I suppose that's not particularly unusual for him. Um, you know, he goes around that that small, tight school at, at pulls really well, and, and always has. But um, yeah, certainly all the signs are good uh, ahead of Wednesday. Interesting that they have described him as electric. That's been his, the real sort of eye-opener about him, particularly compared to some of his rivals in this race, John, without you know, criticising other horses. His jumping's been a bit of a revelation this year. He's gone from strength to strength. Yes. Um, I mean, we always felt he would be a, a better chaser than, than Hurdler. Um, I guess back home they probably had a better idea of exactly how, how good he might take offence. But, um, you know, to us it's been... It's really been quite eye-opening you know it's just like I say electric over offense is probably a great a great description really um and and hopefully that's part of the reason he's improved to be a, a slightly better horse this year is you know he, he probably gains a length length and a half um over every flight really 
Yeah, which is a huge, huge part of uh, what it's all about. What about the trip, though? Because on the, you, you, you've probably seen it, John, on the, on the sort of Cheltenham Festival preview circuit. If there is a question mark, some people say, is, is, is he guaranteed to see this out really well and come up the hill? What's, what's your instinct? Um, well, I, I was never sure until we went for the King George and, and then obviously that more recent run at, at Newbury, both over three miles. Um, he seemed to stay um, the trip in both of those instances quite well. Um, at Kempton, he still had plenty of speed at the finish as well. So you'd like to think that, you know, slightly stiffer three miles um, should still be within his, um, within his compass, really. Um, and then, God willing... You know, if he gets a bit stronger, then hopefully you'd be confident he'd, he'd stay the extra two of a Gold Cup next year. John, I was speaking to Tony Mullins um, myself a couple of days ago about trips of horses, and we came to the conclusion that in this country we're very hung up on having an exact trip for a horse, and when it comes to class, horses can often go over all sorts of different trips. Uh, I've been laughed at. I, I think I've said this horse, for me, could have gone in the Gold Cup. I've said this horse could have run in the Arkle, which are two massive extremes. But, but for me, I mean, I would have made him favourite for the Arkle if he'd been in there. I'd have banged him out in front, and I don't think he lacks pace. Uh, the Gold Cup, it's kind of my feeling is if your horse is fitting well, why not give it a go? We saw it with Conagree. Well, what do you feel about... Those sort of suggestions. I mean, when you hear people like... I mean, not you're going to take any notes of me. I'm not suggesting that for one minute. But you hear people talking about it. Does it make you think or do you just think they're mad and it's just so obvious he should go for the three-miler on what he's done this season? Um, well, I'd, I'd agree with your last point that on what he's done this season, he should go for the three-miler. It seems the obvious, the obvious target. Um... You know, uh, he got beat at Cheltenham last year in the Ballymore. Um, and that, uh, you know, almost sort of triggered this desire to see him go over further. But in the back of my head, I, I wonder whether he still maybe could be better over two and a half miles than three. Um, because, you know, when the races have been run uh, to see, he's, he's still shown bags of boots um, over two and a half miles. Um, so... You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out running them over, you know, multiple distance type trips, um, you know, as, as and when suits. But um, obviously there's, you know, we've got co-owners and a trainer that kind of knows what he's doing, um, <laughs> to understate it ever so slightly. Um, and, you know, we're, we're happy to be led by him, but I, I wouldn't vastly disagree with, certainly in his case, uh, any, any thoughts that... You know, he could be competitive at a, at a high level over, over different trips, for sure. The, the funny thing about what people have said about his hurdle form at Cheltenham is being, being beaten 12 lengths by Bob Ollinger might long-term, and I'm talking in two or three years' time, might long-term not be actually the worst run of all time. And, of course, I think it's interesting, the Ahoy Senor form, because everyone's saying Ahoy Senor didn't run his race at Kempton, but... Again, if you think you've improved 10, maybe 12 pounds compared Chase to Hurdling, it might just be that Ahoy Senor was a better hurdler at that time at Aintree and then at Kempton you've, you've turned it around, now you're a chaser. So, despite those defeats, they're, they're kind of not disgraces, are they? I, I don't see them as terrible defeats. Uh, I, I don't think so. Certainly not as a you know, novice hurdler for a horse that's clearly a chaser. Um, you know, like you say, in two or three years, Bob Bollinger could go down as one of the greats. Who knows? 
or um, we could go down as a great and and what happened last year won't matter so much. But, you know, he's he's he was a not immature horse last year, but he wasn't fully physically developed. I think Paul seems pretty confident he's going to be a stronger and better physical specimen next year again. So he wasn't fully there as an individual last year. Um, and he's, you know, he's built for chasing. And you can see by the way he takes fences, regardless of whether he's improved as a physical individual, um, he, he's going to step up quality-wise for, for taking offence. So, you know, I think between those two aspects, you know, the physical improvement and now that we're, we're over fences, you'd, you'd certainly hope that would get us a lot closer to the likes of a Bob Ollinger or, you know, other what were top novice hurdlers, you know, last year. And I think that showed um, versus a Hoy Senor. I'm not convinced he didn't run his race at Kempton. Um but he certainly, he also beat us fair and square um, at Aintree at the back end of last season. And I think a combination of those two things, you know, helped us make up and, and pass the Hoy Senor thus far. And I, I think that you might have closed the gap with Bob Ollinger. I'm not sure Bob Ollinger has improved for fences, whereas Brave Man's game clearly has. A bit like Edward Stone over the shorter trip. He's, he's, he's just a better horse over fences. Yeah, that might be the case. Just, just to say, decks are coming through, obviously, for Tuesday. Um, uh, the decks are through for the Supreme. Richard Thompson actually is just confirming, as I speak on the show, to me that, that Sir Gerhard is in the Ballymore, obviously. And not in the Supreme. No, I was not slightly fearful because he gave me the steer yesterday. And then you fear that Willie Mullins wakes up this morning and changes his mind. But Sir Gerhard is definitely in the Ballymore. Um, two more questions I just want to quickly ask you, John. I'll, I'll ask them together. There has been a suggestion in one place that Cobden said that Brave Man's game made a noise at the end of his hurdle race at Cheltenham. I've asked Paul Nichols this. He, he absolutely says Cobden never, ever said that to him. Um, so the first question is, did you ever hear anything about that rumour? And the second thing is, just just how much tension is there for an owner, you know, or, or how much disappointment is there when you kind of know this horse should win, probably? He's in a winnable race. If he doesn't win, how much will that be a disappointment for you and particularly your family? Because everyone, we know how excitable you get. I mean, you've already practised the dancing for the success. <laughs> um, you've got the moves ready. If you can't use them, how disappointed will you be? Um, well, that's the first I've even heard of the rumour about the rumour. OK. Um, regarding Tom Malone, the, last the year, Bloodstock they, agent, suggested, suggested somewhere that that might have been the case. But as I say, Nichols says it's not true. You haven't heard of it, so forget about that. Let's go to the tension. Yeah. I think that's, you know, un understates how competitive that race may still be, even without a Gallop and Deschamps, who I'm not convinced will go Turner's. I still think he'd come to the Brown Advisory, but... You know, Long Press has shown incredible form this yeah. year. Hoisin, you're still a very good horse. Capadano was coming back at Bob Ollinger over two and a half miles. Definitely looks like he'd be better three miler. We didn't quite get to see that last time out against Gallop and Deschamps as he fell. Um, and there's almost certainly going to be something else in there that, that's going to improve. So I still think it would be a very competitive and very difficult race to win for all on paper at the moment we might look like the one to beat. So I don't think you could be... You, you obviously be disappointed you've missed the chance, but I don't think there would be any sort of disappointment from not winning what's a winnable race, because that would be disrespectful to to the field, really. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're hopeful, and obviously it would be um, 
disappointing and heartbreaking, but at the same time, it'll be a relief that I don't get my suit dirty as I fall over after some <laughs> horrific dance routine. <laughs> you won't mind getting your suit dirty. Uh, while we've got you, John, what's 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 happening with your 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 new setup with James Horton and 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 the the new train yard? What's what's the latest? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, we we had a great day down there yesterday. We spent all day in Middleham. Um, First up, we, we've got a, a temporary yard that James is training out of, uh, just over 30 horses. Um, the majority are obviously unraced. We've got five raced horses that, that have moved to James. Um, but lots of exciting two-year-olds that are the earlier ones are just starting to step up their work. So it was quite exciting to watch them yesterday. Um, uh, and a few unraced three-year-olds, the first of whom will hopefully be running the back end of this month, start of April. Um, so we're really excited about this season with James. Um, you know, we already love the way he works. He's got a great team together, gets on well with PJ, which is obviously a great advantage. Um, and then at Manor House Farm itself, um, we've not long since received planning permission, although it does now needs a, a tweak in the next month or two. Um, but we got a good walk around there yesterday and um, sort of the old infrastructure has, has almost all been demolished now and we've got new tracks and roads going in ready for, you know, the construction of the, the new stuff. So it's quite a, you know, brave man's game and everything that's happening there this year, it's, it's quite an exciting uh, 2022 for us. A very exciting time. We'll catch up with you on the flat stuff uh, in, in due course, John, and good luck with that venture, but uh, good luck next week. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. See you in the loft soon, John. I hope so. It's been a challenge getting you there. <laughs> well, I'm in, I'm in demand. Um, but, no, I'm looking forward to going up there. He's, he's a good DJ, John Dodds. incredible sort yeah. of CV, isn't it? Runs yeah. Vertum and, 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 you know, hugely successful and, and, and out on the decks at night. He plays not totally the kind of stuff I quite like, right. but, but kind of on the way there. Right. I think if I can just make him a little bit more on edge. Right. So I've just got to just help him a little bit, but yeah. uh, he's, he's good. Yeah. We'll, see, we'll, <laughs> we'll see if he takes you up on that offer of a bit of, uh, bit of uh, DJ you're right coaching. Sean, you could come with us. A little bit of clubbing, and you're like, great, it'd be lovely. See you coming in. You could be a sort of, you know, you remember the Green Goddess back in the day on, on, on the morning shows. The, uh, you could either be a, like the Boise Goddess. I could see you in a corner in a little, we could put you in a cage. <laughs> Dancing. <laughs> you are forgetting, of course, that we're going to get you in Lycra before uh, too much longer uh, as well. And, and then we'll see uh, who's laughing. Uh, we've got Dermot Well to come here on the programme. He's got four and eight running next. The Master of Rosewell. The Master the of master. The Master. Dermot Galway Weld. There's only one. Oh, There's only is... one, and he's coming up live next. Welcome back. You're watching Racing Debate. This was a question posed by the Sky Sports Racing social media team yesterday. Team GB or Team Willie Mullins? Who will train more winners? So that's Willie Mullins versus the whole of Great Britain. Uh, who will train more? And, uh, well, you are pretty confident that it will be Willie, Willie Mullins. 88% going for uh, Willie Mullins. The trainer market's quite interesting. Um, uh, for this. Willie Mullins is, of course, well and truly odds on to train the most winners. You can have three to one, I saw, about Gordon Elliott, which I think is the bet. I mean, if you think... Yeah, if you think GB is going to get seven or eight, is is what do you think? What, what, what do you is think? Is that is that poll more a gut reaction? 
yeah. rather than actually thinking it through. I, like, I, is Mullins really going to have eight? That, I, I, I'm surprised it was as clear-cut as it was. I, I, I wonder if we're overplaying. Uh, you know, the, the Irish dominance is going to exist again, obviously. The, the, the spread would be around about 18-19, I would say, total Irish races, which leaves, what, nine or ten potentially if, for GB. If, the first, if we get stuffed in the first two, if, as in when I say we, the royal we, if Great Britain don't win the Supreme and don't win the Arkle, I think it's going to look rather miserable for the rest of the day. I'm going to come back to that because I've got a, th I've got, I've got a thought for you on that. Let's have a look at the Supreme decks, though, before we um, uh, go any further, because we were waiting to see, with bated breath, particularly you, Matt, whether Sir Gerhardt <laughs> was, was left in. He's not left in, so they have effectively ruled him out of the Supreme and ruled him into uh, the Ballymore. What else is not in there? Three-stripe life uh, we thought was going for the Ballymore. He's not in there, uh, so that's not a surprise. Just immediate look at that, Sean, again, with a conversation I had with Tony Mullins. Kilcrut is very likely, I suspect, to go straight to the front here. And you wouldn't, in a smallish field, remember, I'm just looking at the big guns, like Constitution Hill will be held up, um, a John Bomb will be held up, uh, Dice at Dynamo, I don't think, would obviously take on Kilcrut, and Kilcrut's the obvious front runner. Um, you know, the, you wouldn't want to give Kilcrut too much leeway up front. If he's jumping for fun up front, I mean, however good some of these others are, Kilcrut's a good horse. Yeah. You wouldn't want to give him too much leeway, and he's yes. not really been talked about. I think there's huge depth in that race. Actually. That's a great, great smallish field. Yeah. Again, it could be a theme of the week. Smallish field, but the quality. Oh, in that is one, there. There, you've got five or six that can win it. I think oh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll come back. It's to quality, Sean. Yeah. Like the show. Depth, depth. That's what we need. Uh, let's uh, increase the depth and increase the quality. We're joined live Death by Dermot Weld, uh, the maestro himself is joining <laughs> us, who will have a runner at the Cheltenham. Oh, well, we hope he will. Uh, welcome, Dermot. You, 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 you tell me, Falcon 8, what's the latest? Will we see him in the Albert Bartlett? Yeah, it's quite possible. That will depend on the weather forecast and what the ground's like. As everybody knows, he's a good ground horse. If the ground was soft or heavy, he certainly wouldn't run. Decision on Wednesday morning. If the ground is favourable, he'll take his chance. Excellent. Excellent. Looking at the forecast, we should be all right, shouldn't we, Touchwood? I think so. Good. Good. In terms of um, what we can expect from him, um, Dermot, what, what do you reckon? Look, he's a very high-class horse. Uh, he's a delicate horse to train. He won the Chester Cup with top weight impressively for Frankie last year. I would have liked to have more experience over hurls with him. He's had the two runs. I thought he won well in, Gore, in um, Thurless last time out. I was going to run him back in Gore, and I just thought it came a little bit soon. Um, he jumps well. And uh, on nice ground, I think he'd represent as well. Yeah, we're just watching that Chester Cup win, actually, uh, <laughs> at the moment. Uh, where, you know, from a not-ideal draw, he's had to work his way through. Yeah. He's come through and won very, very well. Um, it's great to see a horse like this, uh, you know, a really good mm. flat horse going over, over hurdles. Mm. What, what, what sort of persuaded you to go this route? Or was it well, look, the story? Look, he's, look. Moy Glare bred him. They used to own him. Dr. Lamb owns him now. He loves his jumpers. And um, he's a gelding, six-year-old. You know what I mean? It's a logical way to go with him. He'll obviously revert back to the flat. That's why I've really only raced him twice over jumps over the winter. If he runs, it'll only be his third run at Cheltenham, and he's pretty certain that'll be it, if you know what I mean. He'll revert back, maybe try the Chester Cup again. But the Albert Bartlett is going to be a good race. Um, you know, Henry Daly's horse is a very good horse. Gordon Elliott has the favourite. He was very impressive when he won at Nace. Henry de Bromet has a nice horse. You know, it's the usual grade one for Cheltenham. It is. 
Diamond, let's, let's, let's talk about you and the Cheltenham Festival. Um, you hold the, the record for the most winners trained in Ireland. Uh, you conquered Australia before anyone else. You conquered Hong Kong before... All right, if okay. it was a country to be conquered, you conquered it before anyone else. Um, you conquered we... Galway like no one else when, of course, at the races had the Irish racing and uh, the Irish festivals were amazing in those days. Um, <laughs> and you were just there at Ballybrit winning everything every year. Um, you oh, are... yeah, we don't have, yeah, but we don't have many runners. At I haven't finished yet, Dermot. Dermot, I haven't finished yet. You are a Derby winning trainer, multiple Group 1 Irish Derby winning trainer, right. classic winner, um, <laughs> world, world great. Stop him if it gets too much, Dermot. Yeah, how, That's enough. how much does winning a race at Cheltenham mean to you compared to all of that lot? Winning any race is good. It's wonderful to win a race at Cheltenham. I've been fortunate. I've won three great ones at Cheltenham. The Neptune, as you know, at Windsor Park, who we still have. Silver Concord won the champion bumper, and of course, Ray Holiday years ago won the Triumph Hurl. 1990. But, but um, you know, it's it's very very important. It's very it's wonderful racing. I've been the shade unlucky too, and some of the chases. Kaichi just got beat for the Arkell, mm. and we're second and third in the Triumph on several occasions. But it's it's a great occasion. Um, we have a much smaller team of horses nowadays by design. And uh, we just have two jumpers, Falcon 8, another horse called Coltar, who was fourth in the Fred Winter last year. But um, if he gets nice ground, Falcon 8 will run a very good race. Away from Cheltenham, Sean, people shouldn't forget, this is a man who's trained two Irish champion hurdles with, I think it was fame and fortune back in the day, uh, Punchestown Gold Cup, Ryanair Gold Cup, Irish Grand National. You know, if it's, if it's there to be taken, <laughs> you'll take it, won't you, Rosewell? <laughs> Look, we enjoy training a few, a few jumpers. I always have. I've always been very fortunate. Look, I've, I've always enjoyed, if I had a horse good enough to go to Cheltenham. Years ago, I rode in the National Hunt Chase in Cheltenham. Uh, for, in fact, for Mrs. Hill, Dawn Run colours. But um, that was my first involvement with Cheltenham. But, you know, look, it's a, it's a wonderful week. And being fortunate enough to have a runner with a life chance is very enjoyable and very hopeful. Yeah, it is indeed. Just on, on that, this is something that's come up a few times on this programme, though, why, why don't we see more of these horses, more of these flat horses going? And, and because that's easy to answer, because there's so much opportunity for them outside of these islands. Uh, you know what I mean? The demand for staying horses to race in Australia, and now for the Middle East, you know what I mean, for all the prize money in right across the Middle East, from Saudi Arabia especially, to Qatar and, and Bahrain, right across then to America to a lesser extent. We look, we look, we look sometimes rather enviously across to Ireland, Dermot, and think that you're, th things are going very well because of the dominance in, in, in yes. Cheltenham, and obviously uh, great success on the flat as well. But, but you, you, you referred there to these islands, and, and it's very much a joint venture, it seems to me, British and Irish racing, in terms of breeding, in terms of sales and stuff like that. Most definitely, most definitely. One is very interdependent upon the other. Are, should we be more concerned than we are about what you've just touched on there, the number of horses that are leaving these shores and going you know, to Hong Kong and to Australia and to the Middle East and so on? Are we yeah. sleepwalking into this a bit? Well, I think there are many, many facets need to be addressed and prize money right across these islands, while the prize money is far better in Ireland than in England, it is a major factor. And until prize money is considerably increased in England, I think you're going to struggle.
Dermot, we've, we've really enjoyed Tanawa doing great things for you in the last, last couple of seasons. Just, just obviously everyone's thinking about Cheltenham, but just looking ahead to this season, which Colin Keane's been doing well for you, you've been using... Which is the jockey that you'll use mainly in 2022? I think Chris Hayes would probably ride most for me. Uh, Colin hopefully would, of course, ride for me. But um, Chris Hayes would ride most of them. We have a much smaller team by design this year. Uh, you know, nowadays, teams of horses are so big. But um, I've been fortunate. I've trained big numbers of horses. We've trained nearly 4,500 winners. And uh, we've reduced our number. We trained about 90 horses this year. So I'm just hopeful that we come up with another Group one horse, which we've been fortunate to do over the last number of years. Rosewell, you're not, you're not anywhere near retirement, though, are you? You're not going to far from it. But just no. But for, for people, it's I get more enjoyment out of training quality rather than quantity. You know what I mean? I've trained the big numbers of horses. Uh, Ninety is just a nice size for me to train and enjoy. <laughs> what you say is smaller by design. Ninety is, is not an inconsiderable number no, of horses, to be fair. It may not be, but with the competition that I face, I assure you it is. Well, they wake up every morning, those, your opponents, they may have more horses, but then they, they face you in the paddock. They look <laughs> and they see this monster oh, of the no, game. Look, look, we've been very lucky, thank God, and we have some nice horses for the coming year, and I look forward to training them. Good stuff. Look, many thanks for your time today, Dermot. Good luck with Falcon 8. Uh, it'll be good to see him uh, over at Cheltenham on Friday. And uh, good luck for the season ahead as well. Appreciate it, Sean, as always. Thanks a lot. Dermot Weld there. The maestro that is Dermot Weld. It is extraordinary what he's done in, in the game over many years. Been a pioneer in so many ways. And good to see a good flat horse over hurdles. Yeah, just, just, I know we've got, got to go great, in that race. the great people are going crazy. But um, uh, just one thing. You know the flat horse that should be in the champion hurdle? In the champion hurdle. Yeah, the, the one flat horse. Give me the one flat horse that should be in there. I'm prepping you for this, Sean. It's a total stitch-up job because it's really hard to think just off the... Oh, crikey, flat game. What shall I even think about? There's one flat horse that would be incredible to see against Honeysuckle. Bread, basically, it was meant to be going jumping once upon a time. Has it hurdled at all? This nope, no never, never jumped a hurdle. Not in public. I bet it has at home. I don't know. True Shan. Just imagine True Shan going head-to-head -head with Honeysuckle in the champion hurdle. Now, that would be a horse race. It's an interesting... Th th there's an assumption, though, isn't there, that these, th these horses who are good over long distance and on the flat will be effective. And it's not always the case. Not always I think the case. he is the perfect type. Pulls hard, travels yeah. strongly, stays well. He, and remember, he was meant to be a jump source. He, he was never meant to be doing what he's doing, Drew yeah. He was bought to be a jump source. He's doing all right, though, isn't he? You've yeah, got, but got a he's a gelding. Why going he's a gelding. Alan King, it's pathetic. Just one run in a maiden novice hurdle. Ping, ping, ping. Wins that, then in against Tunnysuckle. That would suddenly light up the game. It would be good. But uh, I think we might be asking a bit much. And we're going to take a short break. We'll get our views, your views, after this. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Uh, now, a couple of polls running online uh, over the last 24 hours. This was the At The Races tweet from yesterday. Which short price favourite are you most keen to take on? at the Cheltenham Festival next week. Who's the most vulnerable favourite for you? Well, a third of you went for Honeysuckle, 37% of you went for Shishkin. I'm quite surprised by that. Um, obviously, there could be quite a few horses in the other uh, category. Some people say Sir Gerhardt, will he see out the Ballymore trip? Some people say is Gaelic Warrior all it's cracked up to be in the, in the, in the boodles, etc., etc. But 
Honeysuckle gets a third of the votes. You, I know, Matt, you've talk, talked about taking Honeysuckle on. Shishkin, I'm surprised by that. Shishkin, so quite a few people willing to take on Shishkin. I guess there's an element of, you know, if you're going on the basis a problem could happen, there's more likely maybe to be a fall in, in the champion chase than there is in, in the champion hurdle. I mean, Honeysuckle is... is the, the basic argument here with Honeysuckle is that if you're going to lay a horse, say... Ideally, you want to lay a short price. Yeah, of course. You don't want to be laying horses at 5, 10, 20 to 1. Honeysuckle's a 1 to 2 shot, effectively. Um, and I don't believe she's beaten an awful lot. Now, we all know Honeysuckle can win. She's the top-rated horse. She's, she's unbeaten in 14. She's the defending champion. Of course, she can hack up in the champion hurdle. But I don't think her form justifies her price. And therefore... She's one to take on for me at a short price. Now, well, I mean, if she wins at one to two and you lay her, you're not going to do your conquers. Exactly, exactly. I think that's a perfectly rational um, exposition of, of the thing. Now, we've both been asked to come up with a banker and a, and a sort of an each Who way asked long it? shot. Which idiot asked? It was our producer, John. Oh, OK. And, and also, also a lay that off meeting. Now, to make it more interesting, I don't know what you've gone for. Right. You don't know what I've gone for. No, but so. you're, you're have a, I bet your banker's trained by Twiston Davis. No, he's not. Oh. Um, I, I tell you what, when I go through the list of horses I've backed so far... Yeah? Uh, any running, sure. <laughs> so, so the horse I backed for the Albert Parlour isn't running, which is very embarrassing, because I was, I was very keen on that, and it was 100 to 1. Uh, but, anyway, um, th that's water under the bridge. They're nearly all Irish, my horses, funnily enough. Mm. Funnily enough, which There's is... There's nothing wrong with that. When no, you're no. backing horses, you're trying to find winners, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, and I... this, this GB Irish thing, it's kind of made up... I mean, well, it doesn't matter to most punters. No, if, on a if, race by race basis, you don't. If care, any do of these Mullins and you know, if if Sir Gerhard storms up the hill, I'll be char I, don't, I couldn't care less if it's trained in, in Swaziland. Yeah. I'll be cheering it on. Okay. Like I don't have any from the point of view of the winners. I couldn't care less where they're trained. Could you? Well, there is. I don't a care whether Britain there, gets stuffed to, there's to a, zero. There it makes might no be difference the, to the, me. The wider issue of the health of the sport and all that sort of. Stuff. But yeah, on a race by race basis, it's you're about, worrying about it's that. About as you have your binding. bets. Oh, I'm not backing this one. Health of the sport. No, exactly not. Exactly not. Uh, you're, you're right. Right. What's your banker? What's, uh, your, what's your best bet of the week? What, 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 have, you, what have you gone for? Uh, the best handicapped horse of the week, Gaelic okay. Warrior in the Boodles. Oh, now he'd be on my shortlist for lay of the week. Yeah. Well, is he? Well, this idea that he's the best handicapped horse, you know. You don't know. It's a bit of guessing. Yeah, exactly. But he, on what the other horses have done that were around him in yeah, his yeah, races yeah, in yeah. France, Working out right. he could be up to yeah. 20, 25 pounds well in. He is 10 pounds well in on what the French handicapper thought he is. On what the other, there are some horses he's been around that are now rated in the 150s. Obviously, they could have improved, and this horse could have gone backwards. So there is an element of guessing. But it appears that this is as close to a Samart Prescott loophole as you can get. Yeah. And there was speculation that the, the, the handicapper put the wrong... just yeah. had, a, had a fat finger bone. I'm I hoping it's that's... unsinkable boxer in, yeah. the bog, in the body of Gaelic Warrior. I don't think it's, that's true, but I, th I understand they've dropped all of those uh, French juveniles by about £10, so, so, so it's kind of the right mark, but he could be, he could be thrown in. What about you, Shawnee? Uh, Banker was kind of easier. I went for a race which I thought is pretty much a two-horse race where one is an odds-on shot and the other one isn't. Uh, so my banker, Matt, you'll be pleased to know, is Energumen to win the champion chase. You know, you do understand that the banker's meant to be the winner. Yes. OK. Yes, I do. What I, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's a price thing for me. It's a price thing for me. We, it's a great thing that we saw these horses meet at Ascot because we've got a benchmark to look at and, 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 and to make assessments on. And on that, there's a length between them. Now, I, 
I, th I think it's fair to say that Inergumen is probably better going right-handed, so Ascot probably suited him better and everything went right for him. But, visualise it. Who's in front three out? Inergumen. Who's in front two out? Inergumen. Unless something else has taken him on, of course. And he's already Nothing given up the ghost. Nothing will live with him. And, and uh, you're they right, there are other horses in the, in the, in the field. Uh, um, the reigning champion might be up there, mightn't she? But Will you be worried if Town then picks Chacun pour soi? No, not massively. Not you will, massively. a little bit. A little bit of you would just say, well, oh, we'll be, no. we'll be getting a nice surprise. Um, did you get a hold of Mr Bloom and get his views on this? Um, they think they've got a great chance. Yeah. But I think now they understand. She, I th look, my opinion, I think what Tony feels is that everything went right at Ascot and yeah. they didn't win. They've so, got a length to find, though. And it's a slightly shorter trip at Cheltenham. I've, I've... Sure, it's one mistake on the way round. Shishkin exactly. makes one exactly. significant error. Obviously, Energamin can make a significant error. But at exactly. the end of the day, it, there's not a lot between them, yeah. except there's going to be more at Cheltenham than there was at Ascot. Give us a... What, what should we do next? Lay, lay of the week? I've got to lay honeysuckle. Um, I think her form is questionable. I think there are one or two in there that have capabilities. Um, appreciate it, obviously, because he's a monster of a horse. He's going to dwarf Honeysuckle for a start. Um, but the other thing is, I'm going on the basis, if Not So Sleepy starts well, he could certainly harass Honeysuckle up front. Um, now, I'm expecting Appreciate It to run prominently as well, so you could argue Appreciate It might be harassed as well. But for that reason... I think, you know, she might she might just be different gravy. She gets the seven pounds, like which means that Appreciate It has to run miles better than he's ever run before. But I just want to take her on. I don't think she's a worldie. Appreciate I didn't think she was impressive last time. And old Ronald Trump, I, call, I like to call him. I get told off for that because, of course, he's called Ronald Pump. I call him Ronald Trump. Um, Ronald Trump's run terribly since she beat him. Um, and I'm not rating... I just don't rate her form that, that well. But she keeps... Look, Sean, she's amazing. I appreciate she's amazing. Yeah. Win 14 races on the trot, she's amazing. But she's going to get beat at some point. We started by saying it's about opinions, isn't it? And some people t take offence when you yeah. take on a horse. She's right? going to get beat I'm eventually. Never, not going to go through yeah. the whole of her career without, without losing. My late... And I do this with a slightly heavy heart, and I do it slightly to, to sort of make a point. You mentioned... Oh, shish. Uh, dude, what, what happens if GB don't win uh, the Supreme and the Arkle? I, I, you have to remember, the chances of us doing that, of winning both of those races, if you go on the odds, it's about a five-to-one shot. You know, so we are far more likely not to win those two races. And we're you relying on John Bond misery. and Constitution Hill. So my lay would be to take on the Henderson pair in the Supreme, which would be around about an even money shot. So you lay both John Bond and Constitution Hill. Constitution Hill is going to do something that he's never, ever been asked to do before. Every, every, nearly everything is different. He's run right-handed on heavy ground. This is a very, very different proposition. I like John Bond, actually. I really like John Bond. I think he's got lots of tools in his armoury. But at the prices, I think we can, we can take them on, because there is strength and depth in there. The Irish, the Irish challenge is stronger than I think we give it credit for in that Supreme. I, I'm not saying... They have no chance. I'm not that concerned about the Henderson form, which some people are. But I'm, I just think this idea that we're behind the eight ball if we don't win the Supreme and the Arco is a bit mad because there's about an 85% chance that we won't win both of them. It's much more likely than not that we won't win both of them. And uh, well, what a misery you are. Shane. I'm sorry.
You I'm are sorry. a misery. It doesn't mean Instead, I'm getting a load of stick about that, just very quickly. I'm getting a load of stick about Dyson Dynamos definitely going to lead uh, yes. in the Supreme. Because you predicted well, Kilcrut would lead. Well, uh, Kilcrut, I mean, I can only say I spoke to Tony Mullins, who, of course, was he thinks it will lead. Um, it made all at Punchestown last time. Um, it, it disputed lead the time before at Leopardstown, and it tracked winner at court. Now, obviously, I don't know what Willie Munns is going to tell the jockeys, but Kilcrut is a very, very strong stare. I mean, put it like this, if he's held up, he cannot win. So... He's been a slightly forgotten horse, I think, in the, in, in the build-up. And if they take him. each other on, that would be kind of thick. OK, give us a long shot. Um, long shot, I'm going with the same owner as my banker. And the horse is five o'clock in the Martin Pipe Conditional. Is it still conditional? Uh, Martin Pipe, I think it is. Um, now, five o'clock, last ran, when? In the Martin Pipe Conditional of 2020, two years ago. Right. Beaten four and a bit lengths by Indefatigable. But just check out the in-running comment for five o'clock, something that a lot of people never really looked at. And the in-running comment reads... In touch, not much room, hampered and nearly unseated rider on bend after fourth, dropped to midfield after, ridden to get on terms approaching last, stayed on towards finish. It is very obvious that five o'clock probably should have won that Martin Pipe. He's now four pounds lower two years later. This is, this is quite interesting because by spooky coincidence, my long shot was in the same race <laughs> and finished, Not about, Road. finished about half a length or so in front of you, I oh, think. Right. And that's the boss's Oscar. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, for Gordon Hill, Who has been totally unmentioned in every stable tour, every preview, which I think is a positive when it comes to no, Gordon you're in the Martin. <laughs> you're in the Coral Cup, according to this, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, but, mine's but, in the but, Martin Pipe. Oh, no, sorry, but mine ran in the Martin Oh, Pipe. right. He ran in the Martin Yeah, Pipe I get it, I get 2020. it. 2020. Yeah. And then last year, he ran in the Potemps. He was second in the Potemps off 151. I think right. he runs off 154, 154. Yeah, 154. So he's only a few pounds higher this year. Pulled up over fences his last twice. So he's kind of totally off the radar. I've got no idea how Look he'll Look at your perform. picture there, boys. It's, very, it's quite a good one, isn't it? You, you must have been quite happy with that. Yeah, I'll take Look it. at you. Yeah. Look at me. Take me on and I'll deal with you. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. I must get me. I must get my hair cut. <laughs> um, that was a bit of fun. What are your fancies? We'll uh, be talking about those after. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. We have moved to the Skypad yeah. because it's time for a bit of social media interaction. Let's see what you've been tweeting us about. Well, Cheltenham is going to be the main theme, I'm sure. First off the block, Stuart Jimbo Williams. Mm. The Irish train surprise package bolts up. He did bolt up, didn't he, in the Imperial Cup? No bonus, you're telling me, for that. That's no, no bonus this time around. Because he goes for the county, doesn't he, uh, yeah. next week? And uh, the Irish stuff, England in the rugby at Twickenham. Oh, and the Cheltenham Festival starts on Tuesday, by the way. Uh, laughing, crying face emoji from You Stuart. and Stuart should get together. I think you'd be a joyous <laughs> pair together. On the... I, I, I think we're overstating that I, I think GB will win its share of races uh, next week. I, 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 I don't think we should be... Absolutely devastated if we don't win the first two races. Like, you know who how it's one easy, of them would be good. It's easy to wind up about this. Paul Nichols. 
Oh, you can it? wind him up. I wound him up in the paddy. <laughs> he went mouthing off into this. I said, so get out in the Ballymore. He said, I don't care where it's running. <laughs> so he won't win anyway. He was joking, by the way. He didn't yeah. really mean it. Yeah. But it was kind of, I could tell he's getting the needle. He's a very competitive guy. We he know is that. competitive, we know that. aren't that, you, Paul? That rugby yesterday, by the way, heroic effort by the English, which ended in a wide margin defeat. Uh, <laughs> Bob Ollinger and Shishkin to upset the Cheltenham Trebles. Uh, you're taking them on, Alan, are you? And uh, this is, which ones do you want to take? on I guess it would be amazing to see all the hot pots win and this must be one of the strongest Cheltenham's for favorites I've seen in a long time 28 races you know more than half uh, could go to the favorites there's an interesting stat I don't know whether you've seen this doing the rounds that if you just backed every single horse running at the Cheltenham festival in the last two years you'd have made a lot of money back every single horse right yeah uh, and that which With tells you stake yeah it right. tells you that there will be some big price winners. There will be some upsets. We, we, we get sucked But there are going to be less and less yeah. because the more it's diluted, the more the good horses are on a smaller amount of stables, the chances of an upset just become less and less. And you wouldn't have heard of the amount of odds on favourites that there are now yeah. 20 years ago. It just well, wouldn't have happened at Cheltenham. Our colleague Mr Blake has done work on that, hasn't he? You can just, he? The, the graph just goes up and up and up and up in terms of the numbers of he's done some work. He's, he's always beavering away on those things. Uh, what's next? What's next? Um, could well end up with egg on my face here, but happy to take on Bob Ollinger. This is a bit of a wise guy lay, this Bob Ollinger thing. And the, 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 the idea is that his jumping isn't as good as uh, perhaps Galloping Deschamps, and maybe he hasn't come on over fences compared to hurdles. But if you think back what he did over hurdles, he's a, still potentially a machine, this horse, and he, he looks safe enough to me. Look, if he comes down, all the people who say this will, will say they were right. If he pings and he wins, they'll keep quiet and you'll never hear about it. It's one of those, Sean, isn't it? That, I mean, the thing with Bob Ollinger is he is really, really good. Yeah. He has got a massive engine. I've never been a great believer in sort of saying, well, horses will jump badly or will fall. I mean, he's looked pretty good to me so far. He looks safe. I think yeah. I, I can see he's not... Sometimes he's in better races, they jump better as well. Well, also, yeah. And also, Galloping Deschamps is brilliant and exciting, but that's... Potentially more high risk. Yeah, absolutely, Shawnee. Good point. Let's move on. What else have we got? The bearded jockey. I like the bearded jockey. He always writes interesting tweets and, and blogs a bit as well. At the prices, I like. Uh, it's not me. It's not me. Uh, I, I like Long Presse <laughs> and Tornado Flyer, but I think Sir Gerhardt is an absolute banker yeah. in the Ballymore. Uh, Long Presse, this is what we were saying Brave Man's Game, Ahoy Senor Long Presse in, in that um, Brown Advice. Yes, that's a. That's a, it's not a gimme for Brave Man's Game. Lompresse seems to be constantly overlooked, but he's very, very good. I mean, he's done very well. I think he's been well-placed, but, um, yeah, he, he's improving. Tornado Flyer? I couldn't have Tornado Flyer on my mind. I'd rather he was in the Ryanair, ridden bottom off the pace behind Allo. Um, no. I, I, mean, I, I found I, myself warming to Tornado Flyer, and then I realised that I was trying to talk myself into a horse because I don't have a horse for the Gold Cup. And, and so I was trying to find one. Um, so Gerhardt, an absolute banker in the Ballymore. I'm with that. Yeah. Yeah. I trip? mean, he, he, any it's, a, it's a silly thing to say because he's not run at the trip. Yeah. And so you can't really say any horse is a banker that they haven't run over the trip before. But class-wise, I think he's in a different league. Yeah, he could be, couldn't he? There's less depth in that and he, race. You know, I think he's good. Yeah. A bit sticky over his hurdles last time. Yeah, but again, I think in a stronger... When he's asked to do more, I think he'll jump better. Okay. OK, let's move on. Should we squeeze in one more? Ah, now this is one that's been mentioned a lot. Uh, Want to be better uh, tweets. Il ete tomp for the triumph is surely the biggest value bet or was of the entire festival. It's still around 
10 to 1 probably, isn't he? I, I haven't looked today. Um, I'd say he's probably better than the horses that beat him last time out. Nines, nines is still, <laughs> I needed to read the whole tweet. Nines is still uh, fairly big. Um, yeah, hearing more and more mentions of Il Ete Tomp as we get closer to the triumph. It is. My feeling with that is, though, that I'm, I'll, I'll be with two in that. I'll Vauban for the win. I back Fildor each way. I ignore Pied Piper. That would be my lay in the triumph, Pied Piper. Um, but there's still a chance Fildor will go in the Boodles Juvenile. I did ask Gordon Elliott about that yesterday. I said, is he running in the Boodles? He didn't... He, well, he kind of did answer, which suggested he wasn't. But then I right. said, is he running in the triumph? And he didn't answer that. So I don't know where Fildor's actually going. Okay. But well, why didn't you like Pied Piper? He was I think it was a impressive. bad race won okay. easily. He certainly won it easily, that's mm. for sure. Uh, let's squeeze in um, uh, another view from our viewers. Ryan Jackson, Radicanu fan. Uh, Galvin, progressive this season with stamina in abundance and David Russell on board. What's not to like? I said I, I don't have a horse for the Gold Cup. If you're coming to it with no position in the race, you, you have to seriously consider Galvin, even though he's right at the front of the market. I always like plodders in the Gold Cup. Galvin and Album Photo are the two plodders for me. So... I think album photos very backable each way. The ten-year-old so people be throwing stuff at the plodders. Yeah, Go slow on. aren't they? They're slow. Aplutard's the class. Blessed with great um, stamina. Yeah, plodders. A lot of very good horses won gold cup. Some, yeah. Horses who placed in arcles can win gold cup. Yeah. It's a bit like your brave man's game point, anyway. Um, Arkle, there are always exceptions to the rules, Sean, oh, that you okay. can shout someone out who says what I've said, but I could reel you out about 20 plodders who've won the Gold Cup as I well. I think Galvin's... Uh, I, I think it's all right, in the right, great right. realms of thing. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, exaggerating yeah, yeah. the scene. They're obviously top-class horses, yeah. um, but they're stamina-laden horses. I'm, I'm, I'll rephrase it. I would go for stamina over class in the Gold Cup, whereas with the champion chase, always class over stamina. Yeah, well, a bit of both is ideal. Galvin, I think, maybe does have a bit of both, actually. You're probably, he might, it might not be a vintage renewal. That's probably fair, actually. It's difficult, isn't it, though? You've got three Gold Cup winners yeah. in there. You've got a King George winner. I mean, how, what do you want in a Gold Cup other than three Gold Cup winners and a King George winner, plus four or five others that have got chances, Royal Bagai, etc. if the ground came up soft. It is meant to rain hard on Wednesday, but not much else, I think. Is it? OK. It's going to be quite warm. Down for the duration? Hopefully, Sean, you can never absolutely... Pace yourself. Yeah. Pace yourself. In my, in my position, just getting through a shift. Yes, it's always a bonus. Finding out you're still employed tomorrow yep. is always uh, a, a bonus. I'll be at Doncaster on Friday. I'm I must just give that. a shout-out. We're doing something tonight on social media, on the At The Races social if media. If you're watching feed. live. Yeah, um, yeah. if you're watching live. Um, uh, Twitter spaces, uh, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock on the At The Races Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. I will have on there Paul Nichols, Kevin Blake, Tom Cannon of Edwardstone fame, and Chris Hughes as well who will tell us the bankers from all his friends. I'll tune in and heckle you all the way through that. See you soon.